0: Welcome back to Tune a Pew Conversations on Faith and Creativity. I'm Mariah Dombey and I'm so excited about our guest today. She is a 19-time CMA Ontario Award winner, three-time CCMA Award winner, including back-to-back female vocalist of the year awards. She has won a 2020 Juno Award for Album of the Year, which for any artist and songwriter is an incredible accomplishment. She uh, has a song out right now that's very powerful. We're going to talk a lot about that. And she's also heading on the road this fall with Lanco. She made her Opry debut this April, April 11th. Just the list goes on and on of accomplishments. It's a vast and a long list that is amazing to look at. And I'm just thrilled to invite her in. I also know personally that she's a very generous generous and kind and warm person, and I'm thrilled to have her in the pew today. I want to welcome my friend and guest, Megan Patrick. Hi. I am so (laughs) glad that you're here doing this with me and having this conversation. Me too. Um, Taking the time out of your crazy busy schedule. Of course. Which we were talking a little earlier about Mm -hmm. is uh, extremely full. I mean, you're on the move.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely been a lot, and I have to remind myself that these are all things that I prayed for. <laughs> <laughs> I want this. I want this. <laughs> I want this. I love my job. I don't need as much sleep as I think I do, mm-hmm. and uh, um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's it's been really an incredible year, and honestly, you know, I, I woke up this morning feeling a little tired. We we were on the road all weekend, a lot of driving, and um, you know, I I woke up and was feeling. Just, just tired and 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 a little burnt out. And then you kind of you gave that that intro, and it's like I think it's it's good when you get into the, that headspace of just feeling really tired and wondering if what you're doing is working. Mm-hmm. To take a step back and you know look at where you came from and what you've accomplished because it's it's so easy to to forget you know mm-hmm. to to want something to pray for something to work for something and then the second you get it it's like you just it's already on to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something my, my husband and I talk about a lot, trying to make sure that we really do celebrate the wins and allow ourselves mm-hmm. time to like live in that moment before we just start thinking about the next thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, they really start adding up. And I know this is kind of what I just spoke on is kind of a highlight reel, obviously, mm-hmm. of um, some really massive things. But you've had so many... Um, medium, big, medium, small accomplishments along the way also and taking that time to take stock and be grateful for those little steps because I know in a lot of ways you probably feel, I don't want to speak for you, but mm-hmm. I, knowing you, I know that you feel probably in a lot of ways that you are just getting started too. Oh, yeah. And you have so much to do and so many things that you want to share and, mm-hmm. and ways you want to inspire people. Mm-hmm. So even with all this background of amazing things you've done, there's a lot more to come. Oh, for sure. And um, we're going to touch on a little bit of what's coming ahead, but um, I just want to dive in. Let's do it. Get in there. Let's get right in there. With a highlight reel like that, um, it could be easy to look at and say, wow, like she's done it all. She's got it all. Um, But in many ways, looking back in your story, you've had a lot of setbacks along Mm -hmm. the way. There's been a lot of uh, major moments that have, in my opinion, looking at it from the outside, shaped you mm-hmm. and guided you towards the career that you're yeah. that you're in right now. In many ways, one of which, as some people probably know, but many maybe don't, that you started out really in a, as a competitive snowboarder as mm-hmm. that that as your main goal. Mm-hmm. Even though you were in bands um, mm-hmm. at a young age, but yeah. talk about that a little bit. How that shift happened?
1: Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, music has always been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Just because I I kind of grew up like in a musical family, not necessarily that everyone was musicians. My dad's a musician, you know, plays guitar more. He's never done it professionally, just as a hobby. It's just something he loves. And, you know, we just had a lot of music playing in the house. Like it was like the music that my parents listened to growing up was a big part of like shaping my musical tastes. And and a lot of that music is very tied to, to memories of my childhood and stuff like that. And so it was just always around and like shaping my life you know, from a young age. But I think, you know, I just, you know, both my parents came, neither of my parents really came from money and they were both the first people in their family to like even go to college or university or anything like that. And so, you know, they, they put a, a high value on like on second, on education. And, you know, they, they both felt very strongly about wanting to give me better circumstances and, some of the way, what they had, you know, and, and so I kind of just never really thought about music as being a very like safe (laughs) or realistic thing to pursue as a career. I just knew that I liked it. And I, it, I also like grew up in a small town where it's not, it's not like I was surrounded by other people that were like making real careers out of music. (laughs) In fact, I was surrounded by a lot of people that weren't, (laughs) that really Mm -hmm. loved music, but weren't really like making careers out of it, you know? And, um, but I was always an athlete and, you know, my family was big in winter sports. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure my dad said they had me skiing before I could even really walk. You know, they just Mm -hmm. kind of put me in these boots and on a harness and off I went. (laughs) And uh, one of my best friends growing up, Matt, um, he decided he he was going to start competing in snowboarding. And, he had been one of the people that had taught me how to snowboard, and he was like, "You should join the team with me. It'll be fun." And so that was th- that was kind of the beginning of it. And again, it was just something to do that was fun. And then he got serious. I got more serious about it. I'm very competitive, so the thing about <laughs> one thing about me is, if I start doing something, I'm gonna make sure I get real good at it, yeah. and I'm trying to be the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, all through high school, that you know, the more the more we trained and the more we competed, the more serious it got for me. And then I started getting to a place where you know my parents obviously wanted me to go to university and i didn't even know what i was going to do at that point all i cared about was snowboarding and so i had made a deal with them that if in my senior year if i made the national development team you know which was kind of the the pipeline to the olympics then they were cool with me deferring school and and chasing mm. that dream and so that was my that was my plan and then senior year i was warming up in a competition i went off a jump Honestly, way too fast and aggressively, mm-hmm. which was par for the course for my behavior at the time, <laughs> right. and um, I I had a really bad fall. I, I broke my back. I snapped my collarbone, dislocated my shoulder, broken ribs, severe concussion. Um, you know, quite. I, I was lucky to walk. I should mm. have. I should have been paralyzed. Honestly, the way I fell, and and the doctors mentioned that many times yeah. how how lucky I was, and you know. At at this point in my life, faith was not really a part of my life. But mm-hmm. I, you know, now looking back through the lens of 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 my faith and and realizing that he really has been there with me through a lot of things, whether or not I was willing to acknowledge him, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that that felt like one of the first biggest kind of God moments where, you know, it, it felt like him saying, Hey, I know that you think this is what you need to be doing, but I have something else over here that that really is is meant for you because during that that healing process I really turned to music mm-hmm. and when I came out on the other side of of that you know that injury and, and healing my my focus had totally shifted and you know I I used the the music was it was therapeutic whether it was listening to music or writing lyrics and stuff like mm-hmm. that it was felt like one of the only things I had during that time when I was just severely depressed I was in a lot of pain oh, I can't um, even imagine you know and I pain, just yeah. I felt like I felt like the my, you know, everything had just been ripped away from me, like all of these big dreams that I had, and and I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. But I can see now, in hindsight, that it was it was probably one of the most important things that happened to me, and it and it mm-hmm. completely changed my my life path. And um, so yeah, that was kind of where the shift happened into Isn't music. It
0: wild too to think about, just thinking about God having a hand all along the way, mm-hmm. being highly competent and capable. A capable person mm-hmm. and someone who's highly competitive. Mm-hmm. That uh, he didn't just take you out of the knee. He like took you all oh, no. the way Listen, down. He learned. Real, <laughs> he, he knew.
1: I mean, he made me. So he knows that I. I don't do subtlety. Yeah. Um. Right. I. I and, and I. I don't need to be told. I need to have it like thrown in my right. face and just like like you said, just kind of take you out at the knees. And I mean, it, it was it was really scary, and it actually is quite. Miraculous the way I was able to recover yeah. from what should have been such a serious injury. And I mean there there are still some some side effects that I I, I deal with physically from from the injury, but for the most part, I, I came mm-hmm. out of that really, really well. Yeah, um that's amazing. And so, yeah, it's, he, he was not subtle with the way he made that <laughs> shift. And, and honestly, yeah. it ha- that's exactly how it had to be.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. In order to really get you to shift completely, yes. change gears completely yeah. and not hold on to a little bit of this, a little bit of that, because you yep. probably could pull off doing a, a couple things at once or could mm-hmm. pull off doing multiple things, but yeah. knowing that your whole focus really need to be towards mm-hmm. this and then knowing what was to come for you Mm-hmm. Afterwards, in your on your music journey, so yeah. um, starting out uh, in Canada, and you really have had a lot of successes with your career there, and then also now stateside. Um, but that transition is its own unique path in many mm-hmm. ways. Of yeah. knowing, like I, again, I want to speak for you, just knowing that you have had certain successes, and then you're still kind mm-hmm. of pushing for um not just matching but maybe even excelling sure, and yeah. proceed, you know mm-hmm. pushing past that. Um how has that affected you, your mindset when it comes to your career right now, what you've already accomplished versus where you want to be going and uh watching, you know, how other people are managing their careers and mm-hmm. everything around you? Yeah.
1: Um, well I mean I can I can definitely say that You know, God and my faith was very much at the forefront of the decision to move Mm. to Nashville. Um, You know, for for multiple reasons. Some of that we can we can get into on. Mm -hmm. I won't go off on that tangent. (laughs) But um, you know, I I just I had reached a point. You know where I. It, it it felt like there was not a lot for me back home that that was like healthy for me mm-hmm. um just on the more personal side of things and and yes my career was definitely thriving um but I you know I wanted to reach a bigger bigger audience I wanted to I wanted to tour more and I I, I you know a lot of it too came down to creativity and the songwriting side of things mm-hmm. you know I'd gotten to a point where if I if I wasn't on the road playing shows then I was in Nashville writing and so I was barely home anymore and then when I did go home it was like I felt like I was trying to like shift back and forth between being two different people you know I had I had started this career that was that was successful and then I was going down to Nashville and I was writing and then I was coming home and feeling like I had to be someone else because nobody else that I was around back home was chasing the same dream as me mm. and and we just had very different lifestyles all of a sudden. And I, I didn't feel like, I just felt like I was kind of just existing when I was home. I didn't feel like I was focused and I didn't, it just no longer felt like I was in the right place anymore. I felt Mm -hmm. very like a fish out of water because I had really grown to love and thrive in this, this touring environment and this creative environment and, and the people I was working with in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just, I made the decision pretty quickly. <laughs> and I was, I was on tour at the time and I had just gotten out of a relationship and, you know, I was trying to figure out where I was going to live when I got back from this, this tour. And I thought like, wait, why would I even stay in Canada anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I was a dual citizen already because, um, my mother's American. And so I didn't really, I there was no paperwork. It was just a matter of like, find a place to live, pack up and go. And mm-hmm. so I came off the road rented a U-Haul, packed up my truck and all my stuff within, you know, probably 36 hours. <laughs> and I, yeah. I got out of there and I didn't really, I hardly knew anybody, even the, the girl that I was moving in with. I mean, I, we just knew each other cause she was Canadian too, but like we really didn't have that much of a, a foundation of a relationship. But I, you know, I just, I don't know. I just felt this, I was just felt so compelled in this extremely strong feeling. Like I just
0: had to get out of there and I needed mm-hmm. to move to Nashville. Yeah that's that's amazing with the with um that idea that kind of God pulls us along, he has this thread mm-hmm. creating us, he has a thread tied to our hearts, and he just kind of mm-hmm. inches us along little yep. by little and uh shapes shapes our path in order mm-hmm. for us to receive him the best way, yes and then also for us to be able to live out the gifting that he puts yeah. in, our, in our hearts and our minds mm-hmm. and our abilities that he grants us. You have uh, overcome a lot. Um, personally, I know that you are putting a lot into your music right now, which mm-hmm. is really – Commendable. A lot of people say being in, in Nashville a long time, mm-hmm. uh, we've heard it all probably. Mm-hmm. Everyone says that they're authentic. Everybody mm-hmm. says that they're, yeah. <laughs> that's their, I'm here for the music or yeah. like, I yeah, really yeah. want to tell my heart. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people say it, but walking that walk and staying true to yourself. I had the great honor of watching you get baptized this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that was very authentically you walking down to that beautiful, River and—or um, I guess it's more of a creek, I should say. Yeah. But, um, but either way, just in the element, in your element, everything you do is very much almost stubbornly who you are.
1: And yes. that's the way that
0: you walk. Um, and that's the way that God kind of seems to be working through you. When you left yes. Canada, you left um, behind a, a st- more traumatic situation. Mm-hmm. I know that's, that word's used a lot. Mm-hmm um and you've been able to write that into your music right now mm-hmm. is that something that you uh always have felt comfortable talking about or is that something that you're more recently comfortable talking about and um and mm-hmm. where did you feel god in that scenario mm-hmm. well
1: um you know i'll start by saying so sorry i'm just trying to organize my yeah. thoughts <laughs> That's in my okay. head um mm-hmm. So honestly, where, where my faith really started was, um, I was getting out of a very abusive relationship, Mm um, you know, emotionally, physically. Um, and it was, if you've ever been in a a situation of, of domestic violence or being abused by a partner, it's extremely isolating. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and also, your whole reality has been distorted because this person has most likely been emotionally and mentally abusing you for a long time before they ever even maybe put their hands on you, maybe they never even put their hands on you. Mm-hmm. but that's still abuse and it's incredibly damaging and I can say if i you know this is maybe seems like a morbid thing to say, but like if I had to choose between the physical abuse and the and the emotional and mental abuse mm-hmm. i would I would choose the physical every time because those things um, you know, thankfully healed relatively quickly and everything, but the, the emotional damage and the mental damage, I mean, it's been, I mean, we're coming up close on a decade Mm -hmm. and I still, I still struggle with some of the, the after effects of what a relationship, because it doesn't just hurt you. I mean, it, it completely tears down your whole sense of self, your sense of reality, Mm -hmm. especially when you have someone who is, is, um, you know manipulating your reality gaslighting you about what reality is you you lose complete confidence in yourself and your vision of what things are and what things aren't and that the effects of that are very long lasting and you know again i, I as i mentioned it can be very isolating because the problem is when you're when you're in that situation it's like there's a part of you that knows that it's wrong but you don't really know how to get out you, you what, either you're just scared or you you lack the self-love and confidence to to try and and get out or it's, it's resources, it's money. It can be a number of things. Every situation is different. Um, you know, for me, I shut out a lot of people that loved me because I knew that if I told them what was happening to me, Mm -hmm. that I, then I, would be forced to leave. I'd be forced to face what had been happening to me. And I just, I just wasn't ready to do that. I didn't have like the emotional energy, I thought at the time. And so during that, that process, in the beginning, it was I suffered by myself a lot, and then I remember one night I had I'd had this anxiety attack because you know I was I was being stalked and mm-hmm. and abused still even after I had left and um I just was living in so much fear and I I remember I just broke down I was in my room and I was like man I guess like some people talk to God yeah. and like I just I was so broken and so lost like I would I would have tried anything if I thought it was gonna help and so I just started praying and I had no idea what I was doing I felt so silly you know at the time (laughs) because like I didn't grow up going to church I'd never even really been to church I'd never been baptized I didn't know really anything about about faith or God outside of unfortunately a lot of bad misrepresentations within you know media or film Mm. or whatever and I started praying and and i I don't know i I didn't feel I was alone, mm-hmm. and um it became this like secret thing I was like doing by mm-hmm. myself because i was i just i was i was I wasn't ready to tell anybody else what had happened to me like mm-hmm. it was it was like I didn't even want to say the words out loud, but I could talk to God about it, mm-hmm. and as and the more I talked to God, the more I just. I felt like just this more, like this strength and this kind of guiding force inside of myself. And I just, even when I felt like so weak, it was like there was always something just pushing me in the right direction and giving me strength that I didn't think that I had. You know, the the strength to stay out of the relationship, the strength to go to the police and, mm-hmm. and finally file a report, the strength to deal with, you know, people that claim to be my friends and people around mm. town talk saying that I lied, mm. you know, doubting me and, and my story and what I was going through and the strength to, you know, have to sit there and wait over a year before my court date and living with so much anxiety and fear about him coming after me. Um, and, and he had. He did come after me after he was arrested. Yeah. He broke his restraining order a month after. Um, he, th- he threatened to kill me in front of people in the bar, he just seemed very like unhinged and it was terrifying. It was the first, I I truly was like fearing for my life and for my safety. And so that was another big part of, you know, me moving to Nashville. It was a career choice, but it was also me just needing like a fresh start and peace of mind and and to just get so far away from Mm -hmm. this place that just no longer felt like home to me. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel like I had a place there anymore. And you know, I, I remember, I mean, it was so nerve wracking to move to Nashville. I barely knew anybody. I, I had a few acquaintances, you know, people that I'd written with or whatever, but I really didn't have anyone. And literally the first night I was in town, I met Laney Wilson and Casey Tindall, mm-hmm. two of our good friends. And that felt like such a God thing. Like he just said, hey, I know you're scared. I know you feel so alone right now, but I'm gonna just go ahead. I'm gonna do this right away. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna introduce you to like two girls. I mean, they're they're my sisters now. Mm-hmm. They're my family, mm-hmm. um, and and also because they are two of the, the most faithful and like godly yeah. women that you'll ever meet. And right. he, I think God knew that I needed that guidance. I needed that that human relationship mm-hmm. that would tie me to Him more. And you know, and Casey and Lainey were such a big part of my my journey to my faith and just helping me work through it and, and answering my questions. And, in an unjudging
0: way. In, in a very, yes. Expecting you to know everything. Expecting, right. yeah.
1: Like I didn't I, – I was so nervous, you know, because, well, one, I just – I had never been around people that were so, like, open and vocal about their faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it just wasn't that way growing up. Um, and so at first it was, like, intimidating, and I almost felt like I didn't want to, like, tell them, be like, hey, so I actually – Mm -hmm. I don't really know these Bible verses, and Mm -hmm. I've never been baptized, and this is like kind of a new thing for Mm -hmm. me. And like I I was so worried I would be judged or like, you know, and they oh, we're going to go to church if you want to come with. Mm -hmm. And I had so much anxiety about it because I was like, and this sounds silly, but I was like, I don't know what to wear. Yeah. I don't think I have anything in my closet that would Yeah. I'm like, I just know I'm gonna show up and everyone's gonna look at me and be like, she's never been here before. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like a spotlight on just your bird. burst into flames or something when I walk through the doors. Like
1: yeah. you know, but they they were just so so kind and and there there was no judgment there. They there was just actually. This this excitement mm-hmm. from both of them to be able to share their faith and, and talk with me about it, and I think, you know, they've both said too. It in in a sense, it kind of renewed and strengthened their faith because mm-hmm. they were now seeing this journey through someone else's eyes, right. through someone who also it, it, this was not a choice. This was a choice that I made entirely on my own. My faith it was not it was not you know ingrained into me mm-hmm. i did, i was not raised with it nobody sat here came and said hey this is what you should think and this mm-hmm. is what you should believe it was a journey that was entirely my own so in a lot of ways i feel very blessed that the my relationship with god feels very pure mm-hmm. you know because it's been entirely my my choice and something that I've come to because I I truly feel it and believe it not because it's I've been indoctrinated with it or because mm-hmm. someone has told me to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I think
0: I've gotten like no, <laughs> off on no, a few tangents, but no, not at all. I honestly I feel like which I mentioned before that I don't know that I said it this way, but one of my favorite things about you from even the first day I ever met you, I think at the river, I don't know, oh, the lake maybe is the yep. first time I've ever met you, but, I, but um, that you were just. So yourself, and um, and I s- that's something that really matters to me personally when I'm around people, um, and a lot of people are very much themselves, but, um, but that can get shifted and shaped in a lot of ways yep. and expressed in a lot of different ways, but you've held on to that, and a lot of times— um that can be bred out of trauma and out of challenge. Um, it can either take someone to shift themselves completely mm-hmm. or it can help bring someone completely home to themselves and mm-hmm. um help you know who you are so mm-hmm. so deeply that um that you're have no choice but to carry it with you and yeah. throughout your music throughout your friendships prop, you know your marriage mm-hmm. now all these things, and your faith journey is mm-hmm. exactly that. Mm-hmm. I think we all put a lot of pressure on. Our, Um, on ourselves to carry our own faith journey, or it might be intimidating to people that um, have never been to church before, kind of curious, but maybe had a bad experience, things like that, um, to remember and to hear your story. And remember, um, you sometimes don't even have to do anything, Mm -hmm. um, just being open to God. God knows where you're at. Mm-hmm. God knows yes. where you are. Yep. Just opening that window, opening that door just enough. You don't know how to, have to have know how to do it. Yep. You don't know, ha- have to know where to look or where to turn. Mm-hmm. Just the simple idea of opening your heart a little bit, opening yep. that window a little bit, mm-hmm. and God can truly do the rest yeah. and drove you into the arms of somewhere that was out of somewhere yeah. that wasn't for you anymore mm-hmm. and, like you said, wasn't safe for you anymore, yep. into somewhere that was unknown but ready for you. Yeah, waiting for you with a yeah. soft landing spot. Well,
1: God, I think, you know, I think that I've become this best version of myself in spite of my trauma and, like, through mm-hmm. God because I think that, like, well, truly, like, my faith, you know, God has given me permission to truly be myself because for the first time—it's like, because I—for once, I actually don't have to just trust myself about mm-hmm. something— because i've spent so much of my life feeling like i could only ever rely on or trust myself yeah. and um god gave me permission to be everything that i am and to do that fearlessly and i think i think the trauma that i've experienced i look at it now as cuz i've i think i've always felt like this this I've had this deep well of of like strength and courage not only to stand up for myself but for others mm-hmm. and to be kind of like this is going to sound like so cheesy, but like a, a warrior for others. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, even like when I was a kid, like I was the kid, if I saw somebody getting bullied on the playground, like I was going to, I was going to be the one that I wanted to go stand up for that kid. You can ask any of my <laughs> any of our friends, you know, as Lainey likes to say that I would fight a grizzly bear for her and that <laughs> you should probably be concerned for the grizzly bear, mm-hmm. you know? But um, I look at like the, the trauma that I've been through as, as something that, that strengthened me and, That gave me a a purpose. Like I Mm -hmm. think that God helped me to see it as, you know, to kind of re reframe it and see it as an opportunity to to use my experiences and use it to help other people Mm -hmm. who might be going through the same thing. Because I do think that, like, I'm realizing now that you know, yes music is my, is my gift. And and Mm -hmm. there's no question about that. But I think I, I, I just in the last few years, I realized that this gift God gave me, it's bigger than what I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just music. I think music is just kind of almost more the the vehicle through which I'm meant to do other things, bigger things, you know, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I don't want number ones and <laughs> awards and <laughs> to course. sell out big tours. Of course I do. You know, I, I love, I love music and I love entertaining and, and I love all of that. And it's, it's a part of who I am, but I also, you know, I realized over the last couple years, it, it, it had to have impact beyond just numbers on paper or beyond just like, you know, concrete successes or, you know, awards, number ones, whatever you want to call it. Um, I knew that I needed to start using the gift of, of writing songs and telling and storytelling to tell some of my story, the some of the darker parts of my story, because I think that that sharing
0: that is is what's gonna help a lot of people
1: mm-hmm. more than
0: anything. Absolutely. And you're doing that um very much. I I know that we're all created in a in this bigger way. Um, And just like you said, for others, remembering that you were created as this kind of warrior, defender, uh, brave, very brave and strong person, um, knowing that that's how you're created. But also remembering that um, someone also has your back Mm -hmm. and that it's not only one sided because you're strong enough and Mm -hmm. because you can for others. God
1: God continues to show me Mm -hmm. when I'm. When I'm on the right path mm-hmm. every time I pray to him and I say God, I am trying
0: <laughs> I'm trying
1: <laughs> I don't know if this is working, please just give me a sign something mm-hmm. and there's always something yeah that comes or that that happens, and it's you know it's a it's a gut feeling you know of just of just trusting and and I, I mean I'm sure you can relate i mean it's i don't I think part of our our challenge as, as believers is that this will be a lifetime challenge mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to continue
1: to remember and have full trust in, in God and, and what, what he has planned for us and what he means for us. And like remembering that sometimes he might be quiet, but that doesn't mean that he's not there.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and th- those are the hard times yeah. for sure. It's an imperfective, imperfective, imperfect, imperfect, uh, path that, Faith yep. takes us on, and it's messy. And um, when we try to make it clean and nice and uh, and just in order, that's usually when we get a little bit of a shakeup. And God's yep. like, oh, "No, this is a messy path, actually, because I created you yep. to be full and um, and uh, dimensional." You know, mm-hmm. I, and your story is a good inspiration for others that mm-hmm. might be intimidated by the idea of faith, but knowing that God's got that mm-hmm. little tug on their heart. Yeah You are absolutely using Using what you've been through in your music And currently The song that you have out right now um, Boy Who Cries Drunk mm-hmm. um, Is an example of that Can you tell us a little bit about How you wrote that song um, mm-hmm. We know where it came from Now But um, a little bit about the writing process And then um, How it feels to have that out For people to listen to mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, um
1: well I had written down you know it's I I've wanted to write about that experience and it's been difficult to figure out a way to do that where it's not just <laughs> how do I say like you don't you have to find a way to write a song where it's not just outright saying it all necessarily mm. you know where it's impactful but it's not if you make it too dark and too too graphic, it's like, well, who's gonna want to listen to that? Mm-hmm. And in order for the song to have impact, you have to, you have to find a way to frame it and tell the story in a way that's intriguing and and you know, musically um brings you in. And and so I had I'm I I can't even remember exactly how this came about, but I had the idea for the title, The Boy You Cried Drunk. Um you know, based off of the boy who cried wolf, the Mm -hmm. story. And, and in my head, it was like, I I thought of it as like all the times that, that an abuser will say, well, it's just because I was drunk, Mm -hmm. which is never an excuse, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and sometimes in some cases, people who are abusers, sometimes it is an issue of substance abuse and that is the root of the Mm -hmm. issue. And there are people that, that go and seek help and they, they recover and, they really are able to move forward in life and, and and address that, and that is, you know, that kind of fixes things, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I also know from my own experience that it's it's usually just it's just an excuse for a much deeper problem. Because at the end of the day, generally speaking, whether or not you're intoxicated, if if your instinct is to hurt the person that you're with, um, there's a much deeper issue there than just alcohol. Mm-hmm and you know and the boy who cried wolf it was like he kept calling the villagers saying oh there's a wolf there's a wolf and they all would come running to his rescue every single time until mm-hmm. finally you know they they got tired of it and and you know he he saw the consequences of it mm-hmm. and you know it was it was like oh he was saying it was a wolf but really it was a, a deeper issue if he was just wanting attention or he was you know whatever mm-hmm. And for me, I think the important thing about the way we wrote that song, first of all, is that she leaves in right. the end. Mm-hmm. And, and what I needed women to understand was you can't and you won't fix him. Right. Full stop. Mm-hmm. You can't and you won't fix him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If he ever has a chance of being fixed – it has to be entirely his own choice and it will probably come from a pretty devastating moment where he is faced with the choice of continuing what he's doing or doing better. Yeah. And sadly, there's very few that really do make a change in their life. Yeah. And and you have to understand because I, I know for me when I was trying to get out, I used to think, Well, you know, what if I leave and then he just he gets better and he's better for someone else and it's not me. That's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. There. Let me just tell you, <laughs> there's a very, very slim chance that he is going to be any different mm-hmm. to the next person. And, um, you know, I think it was just important also for women to understand that domestic violence is not just him punching you in the face mm-hmm. or putting his hands on you. In fact, it's very rarely that it's mm-hmm. it, it's all the other things. It's, you know, punching holes in the wall mm-hmm. and, and breaking things. And all of that is meant to make you scared. It's meant mm-hmm. to intimidate you. It's meant to let you know that that wall could and will be you mm-hmm. eventually. It's 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 meant to make you scared of them. And, and safe men do not want or need you to be scared of them. That is that is not what a healthy relationship looks like, you know. And then the the calling over and over and over again, the fifty six missed calls at four a.m. The reality is a, a woman who hasn't slept is a lot more likely to give in and and to stay and to essentially be too exhausted emotionally and physically to put up a fight and to and to demand better. And so all of these things that are not putting that are not like actual hands-on you physical abuse. They are abuse, and they are abusing you in a different way, and I would argue in some ways an even more damaging way, a way that's much harder to work through in therapy and, and to reverse the effects of. Um, and also what I need women to understand is that it's this is what it looks like and, until it does become physical, and it will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It will always escalate to that point eventually. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I think I just, I wanted to, I wanted to write a song that would get people's attention that was intriguing as a story in and of itself in order to get people to really listen and and be engaged in the song. But I also wanted it to be empowering to women who are maybe still in it. I wanted them to hear the end of that song where she left and he's the same guy and he's sitting there with no one left to apologize to because, She finally left, and he's still doing the same thing, except now you don't have to be the victim of it anymore. And it's not your responsibility to fix him, nor can you. Mm -hmm. Um, When you meet someone that is truly meant to love you and be with you, you don't have to fix them. You don't have to make excuses for their behavior. You don't have to hide who he really is from your family and the people that love you. Mm -hmm. You know, you you, don't—you can can feel genuinely— safe and like you're both living in the same reality because he's not trying to constantly manipulate your your view of yourself and what's really going on, which is that he is slowly breaking you down in your confidence, whether it starts with just little comments, like they'll make little comments about other women or mm-hmm. your appearance. Mm-hmm. So it's just little things like that. We'll and then, the you know, little, little things like that. And then you start going like, oh, this doesn't feel good. And maybe you say something to him like, hey, you know, don't, why would you say that to me? Like mm-hmm. that, that hurts my feelings. I'm like, oh my God, like, don't be, don't be so lame. Like, I'm just joking. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you feel stupid mm-hmm. for, you know, asserting that, this bothers you and so then you stop asserting that it bothers you and mm-hmm. so the the behavior continues and before you know it like he he's fully in control of of your emotions and your thoughts and and everything and and listen i i think i feel confident in saying i'm a, i'm a strong woman i'm not someone who's easily taken advantage of mm-hmm. i'm not stupid mm-hmm. and this can happen to any woman this can happen to any woman that has a good heart that mm-hmm. wants to be loved and especially a woman who has a high capacity for empathy yeah. because you know th- the other thing that will happen is they will always play the victim. Mm-hmm. As soon as you try to call them out on their behavior or ask them to change, they will suddenly become the victim and you will immediately shift into this feeling of okay, I have to help him. I have to save him. I can't leave him now. Mm-hmm. You can't. They're counting on that. They're counting on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is just another part of the abuse and, mm-hmm. and the manipulation. Because the reality is that healthy people that have hurt you are not going to make it about them when right. you try to discuss the way you've been hurt. They're gonna they're gonna take accountability mm-hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna take it upon themselves to go and do the work, to be better, to be better person, to be a better partner, not turn it around on you and make it about themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you know i just i just want to open up that conversation about all the little nuances about what abuse looks like and why because the reality is if you've never been in that kind of relationship it is really hard to understand mm-hmm. how you get into it why you stay and why it could be so incredibly difficult to leave. Mm-hmm. There are obvious reasons, like, you know, like I said, resources, money, if there are children involved, sure. you know, if you feel like leaving truly puts you physically in danger, like those, those are are scenarios that are much more complicated to say, okay, well you should just leave. Mm-hmm. But even outside of those complications, just the, the, the mental, um, the mental abuse and everything, it, people don't understand how much you are not living in reality mm-hmm. when you're in those relationships and how difficult it is to shake this reality your abuser has built for you, especially when you've most likely been so isolated from yeah. people that love you for so long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an awareness for um, any woman or man that might find themselves in a situation like that, but yeah. also um, anyone that might find themselves as a support system or a friend or a family member of somebody mm-hmm. that finds themselves in that situation. Yep. And that awareness is uh, something that, that is so important for all people involved, the whole community surrounding any type of incident or ongoing mm-hmm. relationship like that. You have come um, – I really appreciate your vulnerability, by the way. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you so much. Um, but you've, you've been through – You've been through um, a physical trauma at a young age. I mean, senior year in high school is pretty big. Uh, changing your whole thought process of what your career path is going to be, and then having to physically recover—that's no, that's no small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a relationship trauma that you've been through and and overcome so so strong uh, in such a strong way and so well, um, you. I know you're continuing to always kind of work on yourself and and improve. You have been taken from a very small relationship with God starting with just, "Hey, I think you're there." <laughs> yeah, let's <I> don't know. <laughs> chat for a minute. I've heard people do this, on yeah. a whole small conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, watching those things happen, meeting God, you know, for the first time that way, finding your way to Nashville, finding your way into a, a community that's been just um has helped foster your relationship with God, but also musically till now, so you you've just were baptized this summer mm-hmm. um, you 're in a really great relationship mm-hmm. um, with a with a good man, yes, a strong, good man that does treat you well and yeah. um, is is the opposite of what you had been through mm-hmm. How do you feel like your relationship with God is right now, and where that 's taking you? I know you 've got another song. Uh, coming out by the time we are talking about this, or that, y'all mm-hmm. are watching this and listening to it, um, it's already going to be out. Um, where do you? Where are you with God right now? Where are you figuring? How are you figuring out your faith right now? How are you fostering your mm-hmm. faith right now? And how is that tied in with what you see coming for you? The busy schedule you have mm-hmm. ahead, but all the other things that you want to be accomplishing going forward.
1: Yeah, I think um, where I'm at with with God right now. I mean. Part of it, uh, as we talked about earlier, I think will be a a lifelong Mm -hmm. challenge for me of just, you know, continuing to have faith that that he does have a plan for me. You know, as we talked about in in this industry, not only is it incredibly difficult to not, you know, you yourself compare yourself to other careers and other artists and Mm -hmm. and their trajectory and the way their career is being built— but you also have other people within the industry you know whether it's labels radio your team whatever where you are constantly being compared to other people's success and other people's journey and and so it can be it can be really really challenging for me to feel like I'm not doing enough or like it's just not going to happen. And I start panicking and thinking, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I going to do if this music thing doesn't work out? You know what I mean? <laughs> and and I have to remind myself that, that God always has and always will make everything happen in his time, and his time will be right. Mm-hmm. And I just have to be patient. And sometimes I'm like, you know, you made me God, so you know specifically how— impatient I am (laughs) and I guess that will be (laughs) our Um, lifelong little fun relationship we have that you will be (laughs) (laughs) testing that patience um but I think also um Right now, I just you know, especially since my baptism, I'm I am really just trying to be more intentional and more consistent in my faith, and you know, diving more into the scriptures. and And I, I told you I joined a, a Bible study mm-hmm. and just doing more more reading and more more learning about you know because for me it 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 kind of started the opposite way of of a lot of people, you know, where they they grow up in church with with scripture and and sermons and and a lot of the the written word and and the sort of practical I guess side of faith whereas for me it just you know, as they say, it started with the the mustard seed. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and just this like kind of what I thought was maybe just speaking out into the abyss, not knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think I'm. I'm just trying to be, I guess, like a good Christian, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and 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 be and just make sure that that I'm I'm never leaving him out of of my daily life, and mm-hmm. um, especially because sadly we we live in a, I work in an, an industry that that often does leave him out, mm-hmm. and um, there are a lot of there are a lot of dark sides in to the industry that I work in and. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of paths set out for me every day that I have to be mindful of um keeping him first in the decisions that I make. and you know, I have to also remind myself one of one of my biggest prayers to God all the time is not only not only for you know to have success and to to use my music to help people and everything, but I pray all the time i say god I, I want to be a strong character. I want to mm-hmm. be a good person I want mm-hmm. because I know that. You know, I think a lot about when I'm on my deathbed or when, I, when I'm gone, what people are going to say about me. Yeah, Nobody's going to talk about the money I made mm-hmm. or the awards that I won. They're going to talk about the way I made them feel. Right. They're going to talk about whether or not I was able to have a positive impact. Was I there for them? Did I help them? Did I change their life for the better? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times in order to become that kind of person, in order to become a person of strong faith and of strong character – it's going, life is going to be harder. You're going to have to take the more difficult path mm-hmm. more often than not. And I have to remind myself that that is something I am asking for. Yeah. And I have to
0: remind myself of what that path is going to look like sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> That's that, um, well, in Romans, it says, and this is a something, uh, and you know, my journey, what I've, uh, parts of what I've been through mm-hmm. in life. And, um, and I share very much that, that there's, so, when you are someone that Hits not just little hiccups, but hits big walls many times. You do you overcome it just a little bit more, a little bit more every time, and it's almost like, am I inviting this in by being strong? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think I'm a weak today. I'm not actually strong. Like, could you
1: give me one of these other paths? They seem a lot easier. That
0: seems smooth sailing over there. But yeah, (laughs) um, but in Romans, it talks about one of my favorite scriptures. Speaks exactly to that. That we know, or God tells us, that uh, we can rejoice in our sufferings because our sufferings breed endurance. Endurance yep. builds character, which is exactly yep. what you're talking about. And character breeds hope and true mm-hmm. lasting pureness. You said before we, were, uh, before we started this that you feel that, that there's a pureness to your faith that's really got mm-hmm. such a sweet little nugget to hold on mm-hmm. to. But, um, but true lasting hope... Isn't just a like, oh, I hope this happens or I hope that happens. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a fun hope. But the real, true, deep hope that we can really hold on to that's everlasting is a hope that comes out of overcoming mm-hmm. and letting that build a character in ourselves that yeah. is useful to others mm-hmm. and can hold on to a hope regardless of our surroundings and our yeah. situations. And that's something that, um, You cannot buy. You can't find. It happens through you. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes I'm like, God, listen, my character is is built. (laughs) Okay, we're here, God. It is built. I'm good. (laughs) If we could, we have arrived. Let's (laughs) chill for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate the way you are walking through the world. I'm grateful that you're in my world and uh, watching what you're doing is amazing and hearing you talk about it. you're uh, an incomparable person, Aww, and your you. character is strong and amazing, and the way you're sharing it is important and purposeful, and I'm excited for all the things you have coming up, which is a lot, and um, don't forget to go to the Instagram page after this. We'll have a couple other little things. There'll be links. Um to your music and uh, what's out right now, and and you are just kind of putting back to back purposeful music out, which is also really and fun. Like she's got a f- ton of fun stuff too. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I mean, this is not all just uh, songs about Listen, overcoming we'll throw in a truck or yeah. a tailgate or you know whatever here. And you can there. party with Megan, <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, but hearing your faith uh, is something that it doesn't. Your faith doesn't have to look a certain way. Being a good Christian mm-hmm. is incorporating God into whatever your real life looks mm-hmm. like. Who you really truly are, not mm-hmm. who we think we should be or what we want to be, and you've done that. Thank
1: and You've you. shared
0: that today, and I Thank so appreciate you. you. Um, for just to kind of wrap up here, what would you like? Um, what would you like people to hold in their heart after listening to this, or maybe take a step in either their creativity or in their faith um, journey, wherever they are, whatever vocation they're at, whatever their family situation is, whatever they're doing in life.
1: Mm-hmm
0: creatively or, uh, or by works of faith, how, how would you love to, um, encourage someone just today in their day today as they're listening to this?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, I would say, I think if, if you are in the thick of something right now and it's breaking you, I want you to think about another time in your life where you thought you would break mm-hmm. and you didn't. Mm-hmm. And then think about what that moment did for you in hindsight and the ways it made you better, kinder, stronger, smarter, you know, any of those things. And just remember that everything, everything that happens in your life is temporary, but God's love for you and his plans for you, those, they're, they're strong. They're real. They're, they are not finite Mm -hmm. and, um, nothing lasts forever, not the good or the bad. Mm -hmm. So, when the good comes, soak in every second. And when the bad comes, know that you just need to like you just need to dig in. Don't don't lose who you are and don't lose your faith in that time. And that those are those are gonna be the things and the moments when you get older and when, when you're looking back on your life that you're gonna be able to feel pride about, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah.
0: I don't know if that was good. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful and um and important. A really good reminder. Thank you so much for doing this. I really yeah. appreciate your time and just um, – and your music and everything about you. Thank it's you. It's wonderful. And uh, <laughs> well, go I check appreciate out, everything about you. Well, thank you. Um, check her out, MeganPatrick.com, right? it's uh, uh, MeganPatrickMusic.com music.com. is my website and then MegPatrickMusic um, on all my social media. Perfect. Go find it. The links are below. Um, Share it with your friends and find us on Instagram for a couple more little tidbits. Um, Thank you again. And thank you all for tuning in and watching um, and or listening, I should say, for uh, Two and a Pew Conversations on Faith and Creativity. We will see you next time.